This has been Flanagan with AL.com in Tuscaloosa. In a couple of days, the Summer Shindig 3 will take place at the Bama Theater in downtown Tuscaloosa. It will feature eight bands. On Friday, you're going to get Blaine Duncan, The Bear, Looksee, and Doc Daly. And on Saturday, you're going to get Amy McCarley, The Parkers, Walter Parks, and The Mulligan Brothers. And that's Friday, July 31st, and Saturday, August 1st, all at the Bama Theater in downtown Tuscaloosa. It's a great annual event that showcases is Alabama bands primarily and also regional bands. So these are all really talented folks. I encourage music fans of all varieties to go check out what the Bama Theater has to offer this weekend and to sort of give you a little preview of what's to come this weekend. I talked to a couple of the artists that will be performing on Friday night. I talked to Louisa Murray, who sings and performs and plays multiple instruments in The Bear, the band from Muscle Shoals. And I also talked to Blaine Duncan, who will be coming to Tuscaloosa to play his first show in a little while since The Lookers stopped playing a short while ago. So it was a, it was a pleasure to talk to both of these artists who are extremely talented. And we're going to start here with Louisa Murray from The Bear. And the summer shindig starts Friday night at 7 p.m. at the Bama Theater in Tuscaloosa. Enjoy. from The Bear in Muscle Shoals, who will perform on Friday, July 31st at the Bama Theater's Summer Shindig 3, along with Blaine Duncan, Luxie, and your pal Dot Daly. Television fans may have noticed The Bear popping up on a couple of shows lately. Your music has appeared on national shows like MTV's Catfish and The Astronaut Wives Club. That must be pretty gratifying to hear your work in that medium. Yeah, it's really strange, and it all seemed to happen at once. Um, you know, it's always interesting to see how how your music fits in with somebody else's project. So that's really interesting to see and been fun to watch. So I wonder how that happens to a band or with the band. You know, I know that the opportunity to, to have your work heard on a show like that or shows like those, it's a great opportunity and, and plenty of bands would rush to it, but... I'm sure that it has to sort of match what you're looking for in terms of how you want your music heard and what content you want it associated with. Is that something you have to think about or, I mean, is it, is it something that you also rush to? Uh, yeah, we definitely, um, we, we definitely are presented with how the song will be used beforehand. So we get the opportunity to say yes or no. Um, we work with, uh, we're signed to a great sync company uh, called Mixtape Music, and um, Roxanne Oldham, who is Spooner Oldham's daughter, is the one who handles our uh, our band's music, and she's done a great job. Um, whenever she's had pitches for us, it comes with sort of a small description of what the scene will be like, and then we ultimately get to say whether or not we think this is something that, you know, would be good for our music or that we want our music associated with. So it's been a really good experience working with her. 
Yeah, and you've created music for a different medium, like film, for instance, the short film Dev Saturday, which was made by filmmakers from Birmingham and Huntsville, a, a, a film that's going to screen at the Sidewalk Film Festival in Birmingham next month. You scored, your band scored that movie. You provided original music along with lending them the song Sinner's Prayer, a song that was previously recorded. What was that experience like? Had you ever scored a movie before, or was it something that you were interested in doing before you did it? Yes, I have been um, really interested in, in film scores. Um, that's something that I always wanted to do. I hadn't, uh, I think I might have been, uh, Daniel Stoddard, who plays get, um, Pedal Steel with us, he had worked on a film score, uh, film score called The Morning Hills uh, with another local filmmaker. Um, and I had worked on one track with him for that. Uh, we had recorded some really cool sort of pedal steel and vocal sounds that was played over the credits of that film. So that was the only experience that I had had with that going in. And then um, they came to us and asked us to score the film. And I thought, yes, definitely. This has always been something on my to-do list. So we had a really fun time with that. Yeah, I've seen the movie a couple of times, and I, I really think the music is just really haunting and, and beautiful and really works so perfectly with that story specifically and also just a story that is obviously Southern-bred and, and something that takes place in the South. Were you pleased with what you saw and heard and how how it was used? Yeah, we, we had um, the rough cut of the film pretty much right away, so we got to um, – we actually just had it on screen, and uh, we went along and – scored exactly as we watched the film. So that was really exciting. And, um, yeah, I think they were happy with it. We all, I think we all felt pretty good about it in the end. So it was a really good experience. Well, so this sort of rebirth, and I I don't know if that's a, that's a fair word to use, but it's one that gets tossed around this rebirth of the, the muscle shoals and sort of North Alabama music scene. It continues. And, And we've seen the rise, obviously, of folks like, you know, Alabama Shakes and Drive By Truckers. Jason Isbell is having another big year, and and obviously the Bear and Doc Daly, Bella Air is is really coming along. That has to be really exciting for somebody who is in the thick of it right now to see all of these artists emerge at sort of the same time and and create a really a, a bustling scene, but one that seems very collaborative and supportive of each other. Do you find that to be the case about where you are? Yeah, I think so. Um... And I actually think it's always been the case. I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I think the documentary really calls a lot of attention to this area. But for, I mean, for as long as I've been in the Shoals area, I'm, I didn't move here until I was 17. But I got into music pretty early on, and for as long as I've been here, it's been like that. There are a lot of bands. It's not. We do have a lot of people, I think, moving here now because they know it's a scene, and uh, so they're trying to get involved in that. But but even before that happened, you know, people were just sitting around playing music together and forming bands all the time and playing with each other's bands. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty much always been that way. It's just, just now that it's sort of getting attention for that. So what's your hometown? Um, I'm actually from um, a little community called... Um, Cairo, Alabama. Um, it's it's the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> it's spelled like Cairo, Egypt. Um, yeah, uh, it's about I guess it's about thirty minutes outside of Rogersville. It's the best place to describe it there. Wow. So, and then you said you ended up in the Shoals area when you were seventeen. 
Yeah, I moved away from home when I was 17. I uh, came over at a tiny apartment in actual Muscle Shoals, the city. Um, lived there uh, for a while and then eventually went to college at UNA for a while. So I've, I've been around for for a good while now. So was it the, the quality of, of the music scene and that history, was that what lured you to that area at such a young age? No. <laughs> I... Uh, I just want to, you know, it's time for me to go to college, and uh, I took some uh, classes at the community college there. It was just far enough away to get away from my hometown, but still be close enough to friends and family. So, um, but yeah, once I got there, I was, I had knew, I knew a little bit about the the history of uh, the Shoals, um, but once I moved there, I definitely learned a lot more, and it, you know, I learned more every day. It's a, it's a really fascinating history from this area. Certainly, and so you're playing Tuscaloosa on Friday at the Bama Theater. You've been to that venue a couple of times before to play. Did you play the first uh, year, the inaugural Shindig, I think, maybe a couple of years we ago? We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, played, we played all of them. Yeah, and you played, okay, that's right. And so you played Druid City Brewing not too long ago, and that wasn't your mm-hmm. first time there. What do you like about playing Tuscaloosa? Tuscaloosa's great. Um, the people there... We've got a, a pretty good fan base in Tuscaloosa, and you know they're great listeners, and they're uh, the people are so nice and so supportive of us. I think um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again: we have some of the best crowds there, and we just we love coming there to play. Yeah, I thought that the last Druid City Brewing Company show, that room in particular, was a really special room, and that performance was a lot of fun. And you know, something I've noticed about your live shows and, and about what you do on stages, you like to put your fellow bandmates sort of on the spot. And, and, <laughs> you, and oftentimes you'll, you know, you'll, you'll force them into doing something that might, they might find embarrassing, or you'll even tell uh, a joke while you're on stage. What do you, what exactly, I mean, does that relax you personally to, to do that to them and tell a, a corny joke or, I mean, what, why, why make those decisions when you're on stage during a performance like that? Does it make you feel more relaxed? Um, I think uh, that's exactly the sort of things that we're doing when we're in practice. At some point, I've always had terrible stage fright, and um, I mean, I still do. But at some point, you know, you just have to think, okay, maybe just don't think about the audience as much as just playing good music and, you know, interacting with your friends up here on stage. So it's more about, you know, we're just being ourselves, messing around up there and trying to, play a great show but have a good time at the same time well so you said you have stage fright even now i'm I'm sure it was much worse earlier in your you know young in your still young singing career but how how do you overcome i guess the first stage of that in terms of okay how do you make the decision okay i'm willing to get in front of people and sing when i'm sure at first that just seemed like an inconceivable notion it still seems like an inconceivable notion. <laughs> it doesn't – when people talk to me about stage fright or, like, younger musicians are asking me what I do about it, I, I'd say, you know, I don't – it doesn't always get easier. It's just it's just like anything else. You just sort of learn to work around it and uh, do whatever is best for you, however you can work with it easiest. So it's just been a long, a long uh, experimental process of how to, you know – not stand on stage and shiver uncontrollably. <laughs> well, so what what steps do you take? I mean, was it something that you had to find internally, or did you have someone specifically encouraging you and 
in helping you to take those steps to finally make that choice? No, the the only thing that really I think helps is just to keep playing shows and the the more you play and the more times that you mess up you realize, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? We we sound terrible and then we, you know, correct it. We practice a lot and we work really hard as a band, so you know, like totally bombing on stage is probably not going to happen. So you just start to, you know, tell yourself tell yourself that a lot of these possibilities that you're afraid of are definitely very, they're not very likely to happen after all. And so you just start to feel better about that. And, uh, you know, you just, I think it makes you work a lot harder. You want to be totally prepared when you're somebody who has a lot of stage fright. So, yeah, for me, it's made me work a lot harder. Well, so do you consider the Bear a different band for Alabama, for lack of a better term, anyway? I mean, your sound is certainly very Southern, but what do you think is something that you do differently here in this state? I don't think we've ever... We're from Alabama, and so obviously we're exploring Southern themes and themes of religion and and other things that are common living in the Bible Belt, you know, but we've never really jumped on that whole Alabama or Muscle Shoals bandwagon so much as in in the way that we weren't really trying to sound like other bands from this area. Um, we really, you know, just wanted to write for each song instead of write with a certain sound in mind, which I think is why we get such a strange, um, <laughs> we get a lot of strange um, genres applied to us that don't really pertain to the music that we're playing like some people say we play country music some people say we play pop music in different reviews we've gotten probably 10 different genres of music that we supposedly play which I I can understand where the confusion comes from because we do like to experiment with our sound a lot and um, yeah so I guess that I guess that's one way that we're a little different I'm guessing the term alt country isn't a favorite of of the Bears because that, that <laughs> seems like uh, one that gets thrown around about your band in particular and other bands. Yeah, I, I think that's just sort of become sort of a catch-all term. I'm I'm not even sure what it means anymore. You know, these genres tend to change over time. What what that means and what bands are associated with them. So we we gave up trying to pigeonhole ourselves a long time ago. Well, I was going to ask, is, is it difficult for you when somebody asks you, what what kind of music do you play or what kind of band are you in? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, usually the people who are asking those questions are people who have never listened to the band before, um, which makes it a lot more difficult. Or the, we've had the experience of people saying, like, we're like a honky-tonk country band, and, and I'm like, oh, no, what song have they heard? <laughs> I can't imagine if, if they've only heard one song. I can't, I, you know, we try to figure out what one song they went to listen to before they decided to write an article about us. <laughs> well, and so speaking of your songs, are, are you guys recording anytime soon? I mean, I, I know that, you know, you're, you're constantly writing and coming up with new material. Or are you planning to get back in the studio? Have you recorded recently? Is there, a, is there another album on the way? There's not another album on the way right now, and we're not in the studio at the moment, but there's been talk. We've had, you know, a change up a change up in our lineup for really the first time. Um, 
we played with the same five members for a really long time. And then uh, our drummer, Kyle, he moved, um, he moved out of town, out of state actually. And uh, our bass player, Ben has a couple of youngins now. And um, so we've been playing with um, Josh and John on uh, bass and drum. They've been filling in for us for a long time. Um, John's going to be moving away soon. So we've been mostly dealing with lineup changes and everyone, you know, playing with other bands. Uh, Ben Tanner obviously is on tour with the Alabama Shakes, so he's not playing with us, you know, hardly at all anymore. And so uh, we're mostly just trying to figure out what we want to do at this point. Um, There's been talk of possibly cutting some demos after the summer, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we can work it out uh, for that to happen. Well, so that must really affect touring, too, all of the different lineup changes. I know that you're obviously playing in Tuscaloosa this weekend on Friday. I know that you're playing a Tennessee show, too. Are there more shows on the horizon? Yep, uh, that that show in Tennessee is in Franklin, Tennessee, at a place called Graves on Main. Uh, That's Saturday, and then we'll be playing um, in a couple weekends after that on August 15th. We're playing at the hottest weekend of the year festival in downtown Huntsville, and then... um, the only other show we've got on the schedule right now is in October. We're going to be playing the Kentuck Art Festival. Oh, fantastic. It's a great event. Yeah, I haven't um, been before, but I'm excited about it. For sure. And so with this show Friday night and obviously this whole weekend with the Summer Shindig at the Bama Theater, you're playing with four Alabama – with three, uh, not counting the Bear – Alabama bands, one from North Alabama and Doc Daly. You've got Blaine Duncan, who is a friend of yours, and and obviously Luxy, who are based here in Tuscaloosa. It must be special to you to to sort of share this experience with other folks that you admire and, and are friends with. Yeah, that's really great. I love when we get booked um, shows with friends. You know, it's it's so much fun just to get to hang around backstage with them and and see them doing what they love too, and you know, when you're a musician, it's really hard to find other people to talk of, to talk about music with that really understand like other musicians do. So it's it's always great to get to be involved with them. And they're all uh, actually I've only ever seen Luxy one other time, but so I'm excited to see them and see what their sound is really like. But uh, Blaine, I've been a huge fan of, and I used to uh, sing backing vocals with Doc way back in the day. I've always been a big fan of his writing, too, so it'll be a great show. Well, people should visit thebearmusic.com. The music on Friday night, July 31st at the Bama Theater in Tuscaloosa, starts around 7 p.m. in downtown Tuscaloosa. Louisa, thank you so much. I really hope you have a great show on Friday. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it. By my mama's grave, a gap tooth girlfriend full of hay. The same appendix to say hello with karma as your lover, you never know. If you Blaine Duncan, how's it going, man? It's been a while, and it's been a while since you played, and you're playing in Tuscaloosa Friday, July 31st at the Summer Shindig 3 at the Bama Theater. So, is all well? Yes, it's great. 
Good, man. So you played this event last year, and there were a lot of Alabama bands on board, as there will be Friday night especially. You're going to be playing with The Bear and Doc Bailey and Luxy, really talented people from this state. It must be fun to share the state with people you really admire as artists and, and also happen to be friends with. Yeah, it is. It gives us a good excuse to, to hang out. Folks I wouldn't normally get to see on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so you've expressed in the past that upcoming shows that you're playing could very well be your last as a performer. And, and, and lucky for fans of yours, you've managed to work in a show or two since then. Why is there a sense of finality to your plans as a performing musician, and what keeps you coming back to it after you've made the decision to stop? Well, I don't I don't think I've ever said I was going to stop yet. I just think that the next one is is closer. The next one's getting a little closer to the end, I think. Um Sweet Dog once said that, that rock and roll is a young man's game and, and I think that could be more even more generalized to say that music is just a young person's game. The night's practicing takes you away from home. Uh it the the shows, if you want to do shows, you're on the road. And I can't, I don't like that life. That was, I don't think it was ever for me. I like to sleep in my own bed. Uh, I like to be near my home. And, you know, I just, and the older I get, the more I feel those things are, are important to me rather than music. So I feel like each show could very well be my last, but I always keep the door open because if someone calls me, or writes, emails me and says, would you like to play? I usually will say yes. I usually can put something together for a show, especially if it's a solo show. I can put something together, show up, play. And so the door is kind of open, but I don't ever have one down the road anymore. I don't ever have a plan. It's just show to show. And if I never give another email or phone call, then, yeah, tomorrow could be the last show I ever do. And and I also don't want to be the guy who goes, oh, this is the this is the final show. Everybody come, you know. This is this is the last waltz, or you know, I put on this big production because I know good and well if someone called me tomorrow and said, "Hey, will you do a show?" You know, in two weeks, I'll say, "Yeah, probably." You know, as long as I can make it. Yeah, and you've got a lot of friends in the game still, young and old, and and you must like what you're seeing from your comrades, like you know. I know you're friends with with Belladere and Doc Bailey and The Bear, you know, whom you're playing with Friday night, and and there are countless musicians in Alabama that I know that you're friendly with. And so you must like seeing the success that they're having. And, you know, Blaine Duncan and the Lookers was, you know, not only a a band that people in Tuscaloosa really loved, and, you know, I'm sure that you you made friends in Alabama and, and I'm sure out of the state in some cases. I mean, is that something that, I don't know, you said that it's a young man's game and you don't like touring as much and you like to sleep in your own bed, but it seems like something, and I'm not a musician, so you tell me if this is the, you know, it's the exact opposite from this. It seems like something that you can still pursue in terms of, like, the digital landscape that we live in today in terms of, you know, being able to write from home, being able, in some cases, record from home, to market from a computer. I guess when it comes down to it, though, you have to play the live shows too, don't you? You, yeah, I don't think you have to, though. Um, you know, Adam Morrow released something yesterday that he just cooked up at home, which I didn't even know about. He just released it yesterday via Twitter, just said, hey, I, I, this is something I've done. And I think it's just him solo doing 
everything on the tracks. So, and I, I don't know if he has any plans on playing any of that music live. So you probably could get away with just doing it at home. But here's here's the thing with me. I don't, when I quit sort of playing music with regularity, my interest dropped tremendously. Like, I don't even listen to music very much at all. Um, there are occasions, like if I'm working, I'll have some music on as background noise. Or if I am getting ready to go, you know, like in the mornings, getting my daily routine going, there's a little music involved. But I don't listen to music that much anymore. Um, and which, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a phase. I'm big on phases in my life. I'll go through these things. Um, I'm, I, I'm more information now. I don't know. I'm really into sort of the written word and the and like podcasts and stuff like that. I'm, I don't know what it is. It might be a phase that I might be able to blend both of them eventually and get half music, half, you know, sort of informative uh, text involved. But once I quit playing with regularity, that was it diminished tremendously. Do you think it's a reflection of the music that you were listening to before you lost interest? I mean, is music worse than you remember it? Is is that what sort of turns you off, or or is music you know is the quality still the same, and you just lost interest once you stopped actually playing yourself? Yeah, well, I, I look. I, here's what happened. I think once I was out of it and my life wasn't wrapped around music, like that wasn't entwined in me and that wasn't part of my self-identity. I could take an objective look at music, specifically Alabama music and, and, and music that people I know were making. And, you know, it it wasn't as important to me anymore. It, it And even national, I don't think. And I hate to be the curmudgeonly old man, but it, I don't think it's as good as it was you know, 50 years ago. I, I just think, I don't know. I, there are some things which will come along and I'll go, hey, that's great. I love it. But And I'm also not tuned into uh, new music. So I would be a horrible person to ask, but I do think that not being involved in it gives me a little bit of an objective viewpoint, having played it, knowing some of the technical things, though not very well. I was never very good at any of it. But I still know a few things. And I'm just... I'm just not, just not into it. I'm just not into it. But that's not. I might not be the person to ask what's good and what's not. I, I know that I'm not. Right, but I mean, it must warm your heart a little bit to see folks you know doing pretty well in the Alabama music scene, and, and how it sort of continues to to rise. And you see these artists emerge. I mean, what do you like about what you're seeing and hearing from Alabama music right now? If you're exposed to it right now. Um. I really like the songs Lee Baines is writing. I think they're important and there are strong social commentary, which is something I try to incorporate from time to time. So his ability to do that and also create a great melody is just enviable. He's fantastic. I, um, and he's number one on the list. I, I still definitely keep up with him. He and I are pretty close. And so when he releases something, I... I, I want to check it out because of his talent and also because I, I know him and I think it, it's just really cool. So you're right. There, when I see people like like some of my old musician friends, I, it is awesome that they're doing well. I'm happy they're doing what they're doing. I'm not – I at times can be very bitter about some of that. Just I guess because I'm not involved in it or, or I kind of purposely shut the door on that. Um, and so I don't keep up with some of it, but Lee – 
is is top notch. Um, I'm trying to think of some other people who've released something recently. Look, see, has got their new album on the. Uh, I think it's, it might be coming out soonish. Uh, you'd have to ask them, but I bet that's going to be great. I might, you know, I'll probably check that out. Those guys always do pretty good music, and you know, and other than that, I. My time is invested elsewhere. I couldn't even tell you who's doing I had to rack my brain to think of who was coming out with new music or who had released new music recently. Adam Morrow released that thing yesterday. I listened to a couple of those tracks, and it was it was very cool. It was uh, rather inventive for a one-man kind of kind of thing, kind of a solo project that was interesting, for sure. Well, yeah, and you mentioned Lee and the social commentary aspect of his music, mm-hmm. and that's something that is obviously very important to him. It's something that really bleeds through if most of his music while managing to still sort of rock and melt your face off. And I'm sure that's a, that's a, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do both at once as a songwriter, but I mean, why, why is the, the commentary and why, why are, why are themes like that important to you? Is that something that's always been a part of sort of your, your music going life or is it something that later in your life that became more important to you? No, it's been important to me since, uh, since day one, since, me discovering music and finding out that you can talk about what's going on in music. And I try to do that uh, a lot in mine. A lot of, I try to veil it as much as possible. So it wasn't overwhelming to the listener or, I, or it wasn't too topical. So I could sing it six years later and it's still an okay song. I would try to do that some, but you know, when it, it, it's more interesting and it's, it bites a little harder. Um, especially if you're playing rock and roll, which has got an edge to it, or it should have a nice edge to it. Um, and if, if you put some commentary in there, if you put if you talk about some injustices or or some um, you know some some things that are important to the world, then you're on to something. It's it's much more interesting, and it makes you go back and listen to it, and you think, okay, now what what was going on here? What was going on in this line? Okay, what's going on in the next line? It just you know it's more interesting. It's more intelligent. And I, I don't like to be, I don't like much thing, many things to be dumbed down for me. Uh, I want to be able to tackle it and wrestle with it. Uh, same way with movies, you know, or books. I don't want to read the most simplistic thing every time. Um, that's not to say there's not room for some nice pop or some simplistic country that's very basic and as far as the, the lyrical content goes, or movies that are real uh, popcorn movies, or books that are just, you know, very level one type of reading. That's fine. That, that's awesome. And I like those on occasion. But I want to be stimulated and uh, mentally. And so Lee does that. Lee does it. There are a lot of other bands who do it. Uh, but I think he may be one of the most important bands in the South right now, for sure. Well, so what's your plan for Friday? I mean, you don't have to get too specific about set or, or what you're going to be doing on stage. But when you have an opportunity like the the shindig this week if you know you're not getting the the lookers all all of whom you know aren't necessarily available to perform on friday uh for for this show what what do you look for in a show like this like what what do you see this opportunity as when you're playing a show once in a blue moon like this what do you want to do with it i think playing once in a blue moon really playing rarely takes me off the hook a little i can kind of go up there i may be wrong on this but i feel like i can go up there and and just uh, I can kind of be whimsical about it and not care as much. Like you know, it, does it really matter? Or you know, I've, I've kind of taken that approach. Like 
I felt like when the Lookers were going that that we had a, a nice little uh, group of friends who would come every time, and as long as we kept them entertained, and you know, as long as we played as best as we could, we did okay. So for tomorrow, what I'll be doing is is, is a little of the same, but maybe even less uh, rigid. I made. Yeah, you know, I haven't practiced a lot. I, I may change the tempo or something. I don't know what I'll do. Whatever hits me, I'll I'll drink a couple cups of coffee and I'll let that be the deciding factor. It, it's my stage when I get out there. You know, I'll go from there. So I'll play a, a few songs solo. I'll bring out uh, a version of the Lookers, and we'll we'll kind of go from there. I might get somebody else to to help out for a song or two if I can if I can find someone. So who will be playing with you if it's not one of the other artists uh, listed? Uh, on on the bill, like the version of the Lookers that you're talking about, which which musicians will be playing with you? Uh, it'll be Adam Ridgeway, who's been the drummer for the Lookers for many years at this point, and uh, we'll probably rustle up Natalie Morrow from uh, Delray, Kalu Kalay, um, Tuscaloosa Music, young lady there, Adam's wife, obviously. So we'll do it as a three piece because. Um, Hayden and Adam Morrow are in Belladere, and they're on the road touring right now with them. And then Josh Cavanaugh is living elsewhere, who was a bass player for the Lookers. He's living in uh, Louisville. Well, no, Ohio. So the Lookers are spread about. That version of the Lookers is spread. So we'll we'll do another version. There's been three or four versions of the Lookers, um, you know, and lots of guest stars throughout the years. So... Pretty much anybody could fill these slots. They're not too hard of songs to learn. Well, the Summer Shindig 3, Friday and Saturday this weekend, July 31st and August 1st, starts at around 7 p.m., I think, at the Bama Theater on Friday night. Blaine Jockin, always fun talking to you, always fun seeing you. I hope we see more shows from you, but obviously at your own pace. Yes, thank you. Looking forward to the show. We'll talk soon. Okay, good to hear from you, man. Well studied on the fevers and which way to die. Tried his best to make her cry. Never had the courage to start a fight. 